All right, we are back for our special Corona Sode Part Two: Avatar: The Last Airbender Earth Edition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope you're joining us. Uh, this is for us actually the same day because quarantine. Uh, so we're gonna jump right in with uh, book two. So Justin, you know where we last left off a few minutes ago. You had given book one two thumbs up do you think season two will hold up um yeah i think season two will be just as good uh like you said we're we're recording just after finishing the recording of episode uh book one of avatar um and uh we wanted to record back to back so we can start <laughs> the episode two of of avatar so we can start watching um yeah yeah i think it will hold up and um i look forward to continue continuing to watch <laughs> no i think this is probably going to be the toughest book to do predictions okay for um because you know as we've already established we're on a hero's journey so it feels like how you start a hero's journey and how a hero's journey ends is pretty set but where you have like the most flexibility and storytelling with the hero's journey is that middle chunk maybe mm -hmm. so i think this might be the toughest predictions episode um of our of our special bonus episodes but without further ado i have brought the uh, DVD cover here for you to look at to, to help guide your predictions. What do we got? So Aang is wearing what I assume is earth clothes and he is looking a little more fierce than in the mm, first. I thought you were going to say a little more fit. <laughs> he is looking a little more fit too. He's looking <laughs> a little beefy. Um, and he's bending or stopping or throwing a rock. Mm-hmm. So, um, here's my predictions. Okay. There's going to be a time jump. All right. This is going to be further in time. Are you going to write these down? I am. Good. I, I learned my lesson from our first. Yeah. Where we were like, <laughs> shoot, we can't remember what happened it's two weeks ago. Two weeks. Maybe even closer to three. Um, so I think there's going to be some sort of, uh, time jump to start the season. I don't think this season is going to start directly. Mm -hmm after the last episode um i think he's gonna already have mastered water and going to be in the process now in the earth kingdom of mastering earth so this is kind of like maybe maybe i'm making maybe this should be the the start of book three but <laughs> but but this is my prediction um yeah be bold with those predictions so i think he will i think he will master earth pretty early on mm -hmm. and okay. maybe start mastering fire in this okay season. so you think in this season he's gonna start working on fire yeah i think there's a chance that he completes fire at the end of this season oh so you think we're gonna leave season two as a master of all elements potentially yes okay um uh because this is my my next prediction i think the season will end in tragedy of some kind mm -hmm. probably with like katara being captured 
um, or something along those lines. Okay. Somebody, somebody like, on the team, like basically he needs a reason to go in and confront the Fire Nation directly. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, in becoming the Avatar, it's been unclear as to why he would just go on a full on yeah. attack. Mm-hmm. Well, we I are on like a time limit here, if you because, remember. Yes, because of the the. But 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 it feels like it's always been about like mm-hmm. being prepared to defend. Oh, okay. So you think it's gonna move from a it, it, from a defensive to an offensive? A, a little bit. Like it feels like that there's going to be a reason for him to go into the fire mm, kingdom. Okay. And I feel like that reason would be make most sense if like Katara specifically okay. is captured okay. by the end of the season by the Fire Nation. Okay. Um so then that would leave us leave him with like him going into the third book needing to go into the fire nation and mm-hmm. take it down before mm, before the comet before the comet as opposed to what i felt like was being set up in in parts of book 1 whereas like he'll need to be there to defend mm-hmm. the battle coming mm-hmm. he'll be taking the battle to into them. the fire ah, nation i see gotcha all right, so your prediction is that season two will end with Katara um, being captured by the Fire Nation or maybe some other mm-hmm. Fire Nation-related tragedy. Aang is going to go on the offensive instead of the defensive, bring the battle to the streets, like step up to. Where do you think uh, Sokka will be at the end of book two? Um, at the end of book two, assuming Katara's taken, he's either dead or um soccer dead <laughs> probably not because it's a kid's show but potentially <laughs> but probably not um but or he's like getting ready to lead his own assault oh. on the fire nation to get katara back leading so, like the normie assault yeah or like the like maybe they're already like well entwined with like the earth nation like ready to fight or mm-hmm. maybe it's the water nation ready to fight okay. they're they're gonna so he's, he's gonna be leading like an another assault okay. this is what i'm thinking A non-bending assaults not ne- not even necessarily that okay. but but just like like ang's going in by himself he's leading mm, okay. he's leading the the army he's he's like with the army going in like uh ang's mm-hmm. having a i gotta do this alone moment not even not even <laughs> that i'm not putting all of those strike that's those you. from the record yeah. yes that you stop trying to add stuff to my predictions <laughs> um because this is this this structurally this is how i would be looking at okay. creating this show having him basically master fire bending at the end of the second season allows you to not waste time mm-hmm. in the third book knowing that you only have this book to end the story you don't waste time with him like trying to master fire still either that or he goes in not having mastered fire and he basically is the avatar but has a mastered fire and is still trying to fight without mastering fire those are the only options is either he masters fire before the book three or he's fighting 
not having mastered all of mm-hmm. the elements. And so he's actually not like fully avatar by the time he's like mm-hmm. taking on the, and either of those I think are good things. I think, I think the least interesting option is that, uh, we go into that and he's like still trying to like trying to master fire <laughs> uh-huh. and we spend eight episodes of him mastering fire. Um, so he's got to learn it quick. Mm-hmm. Um, he learned, he presumably is going to learn water bending off screen and just have that ability in the next season. So, um, cause then, then that allows this whole season to be like set up and unpacking of things in it to all be culmination in mm-hmm. the last season. And, um, I do think it's actually might be more interesting him not having mastered fire bending mm-hmm. and, fighting not being fully like mm-hmm. realized as the avatar yeah so i guess those are my predictions all right uh how about zuko and his uncle where do you think they will be in book two <sighs> doing a little bit of the same um but having to like run from his sister uh they they're obviously setting up some sort of like reversal of heart for Zuko. So potentially teaming up with Aang at some point in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but unclear as to his role through the end of the show. Okay. Um, Potentially him being being the downfall of like his dad would be a classic him killing his dad at the end of the third season and him being responsible for taking down the Fire Nation, potentially setting up some sort of reversal like that because um, the show's tried too hard to make you have empathy for Zuko to hmm. to really keep him purely mm-hmm. i mean they could pull a a game of thrones <laughs> well i feel like the only one you really have empathy for is jamie that's the one i'm referring to <laughs> but he, he isn't he isn't the big bad it, like he starts out as like oh like he's like the worst he's one a mini bad <laughs> but like but then by the end it's like whatever like he's not even a bad guy at Mm -hmm. the end you know even though he goes back to cersei he's not he's not a bad Mm -hmm. guy so uh so yeah it could be close to jamie lannister type of reversal Mm -hmm. um but yeah i I think i don't know does that suffice for all right. Yeah, I think we've, we've gone over all of our uh, major players from season one. We do have a new character here, though, on the cover. What are your predictions oh. for that character? Is it a guy or a girl? I don't know. You tell me. I can't tell. So I guess my my guess is this is either a the master earthbender teaching Aang how to earthbend or it is like a new friend that they meet 
and are like staying with or pounding around Earth Kingdom with, but is just a normie. All right, I think that wraps up our Avatar: The Last Airbender book to Earth predictions. If you would like to watch along with us, go ahead and pause the podcast here. Um, pull it up on Amazon or crack open those anniversary edition DVDs we know you have and come back in a little bit to hear Justin's thoughts. And we're back. If you watched along with us, then you are all caught up on what happened this season of Avatar The Last Airbender Book 2 Earth. But just in case you didn't, Justin is here to give you the Reader's Digest version. Before you start, were you satisfied? I, I know an issue for you in Book 1 Water was that there wasn't enough water for Baby Jay's tasting. Were you satisfied with the amount of Earth? Yes. Good. Okay. <laughs> Just wanted to check before we got too deep into the... <laughs> so when we last left the gang, they were... They had just defeated the Fire Nation in the North Pole. And Zuko almost stole Aang and then almost froze. And then they found them and... uh Aang saved the day. And so it picks up with them leaving the North Pole to go to, I guess the the early part of the second season became a little bit forgettable. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot that they were <clears throat> initially trying to find his old friend that mm-hmm. is a king governor he's not like the earth king right or no, is each like subsidiary they, like, i i guess i have a lot of questions about the societal structures of like the kingdoms i want to know the political structures yeah uh, it definitely gets a little iffy because you see there's like the king of omashu he's the king of omashu which is a different mm-hmm. city and then you get to bossing say that is like the earth kingdom capital basically and then there's a king there who's the mm-hmm. the earth king but they're really like the only ones that we see that have a leadership structure like that like there's only one fire lord there Mm -hmm. i guess the north and south pole each have like their own leader tribal leader um we don't really see any structure and neither of them are like Mm -hmm. over the other yeah uh, the north and Mm -hmm. south pole yeah so anyway yeah so they're going to omashu Mm -hmm. to find the hit the king the old king that's his friend yes boomy his friend boomy Boomy. and they boomy tells ang because Bo- oh yeah omashu's now taken over by the fire kingdom it's occupied uh, occupied uh and boomy is is locked up and tells ang that he needs to find like he's not the one that's supposed to train him but he needs to find an earthbender that can wait for the moment to strike so this takes us into probably like the next episode uh the rainforests like the like a rainforest type thing 
where we meet a rainforest. It's like a rainforest. You is a marsh. These were your marsh. people, baby J. It was a bog. It was a swamp. It was a bog. Yes. Um, <laughs> and Katie's referring to my last name, which, as far as we can tell, means people that lived in a bog. In a bog. <laughs> I really enjoyed that as we watched it, just being like, "These are your people." Just every time they made a yeah. joke, I was just like envisioning. A baby J kin, <laughs> yeah, saying it. <laughs> they definitely had a, a deep South Florida Georgia flair. Yeah, Bama Louisiana flair. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they're they're like water benders, but they were like on uh, basically the equivalent of the in world equivalent. <laughs> anachronized anachronized is yeah, that the uh-huh. is that the, think, the term i think so anachronized real world equivalent of like the giant fan boats uh-huh. in the <laughs> that they use out in the bayou so um yeah they meet like waterbenders that are living there so you get a little bit of in world like how oh, did you like, like seeing another variety of a bender because i think this is the first season where you see sort of like offshoots of Mm -hmm. the of the main cultures uh i think that that's better i think it makes it more interesting and realistic Mm -hmm. of like as opposed to the like earth people live here fire people live here Mm -hmm. water people live here you know that's just not the realities of uh human life (laughs) Some people live in box. Yeah. I'm glad they <laughs> represent the box. Represented the box people. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I was just thinking on like a uh, larger uh, movement of people. Like there's always be people groups that overlap borders mm-hmm. of existing like political structures. Uh like the armenians the jews the you know like there, there's like pe- people groups that like yeah it, it it just seemed very plausible that like oh water people should be basically found wherever water mm-hmm. is in abundance like that makes sense uh that even though they're in the earth kingdom that there's just water people living out there doing their own thing so i like that uh, in the swamp, they see like visions. I think a couple of episodes pass, they end up in another city. And in that city, they realize that there's basically a WWE of <laughs> earth bending. Uh-huh. And the champion is this blind child that is beating everybody. And he realizes that this must be the earthbender that's supposed to teach him Mm -hmm. because she's blind and has to wait to feel the movements of the enemies against her using the earth in her bare feet. And so then we meet Toph, who is the person that is on the cover that I was unsure of whether or not it was depicting a guy or girl an adult or child it was could have been anything it could have been anything so we meet Toph, and she is a master 
uh, Earthbender. Long story short, since she since she's a blind like ten year old, her parents don't know she's a master Earthbender. <laughs> she's twelve, a blind twelve year old. Uh, they're shocked and won't let her go train the Avatar, so she runs away to train the Avatar. A side story that really doesn't matter, except for one other piece for the rest of the thing, is her parents think the Avatar stole her and send people to go look after her. You can forget about that until like one little footnote of things later. Um, they then go on a journey to go to Ba Sing Se. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I almost forgot what it was going to be, and then it came to me in the very last second. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to do better at remembering... The names of things. The names of things. We had some complaints within... <laughs> we had a, a with, listener write-in. <laughs> within minutes of the pod dropping. Uh, it wasn't a complaint. It was just a... Uh, I know. I'm, I'm an, joking. An observation of how funny it was that Zhao, Admiral Zhao, made <laughs> such an impression on you that it was the one name that was burned into that your was brain. E- easily able to recall. I got Toph's name. It's true. Um, I liked Toph. Toph's a good character. She's a good character. Um, so they go on the journey to Ba Sing Se, yada, yada, yada. It's a really difficult journey with a lot of side quests. Uh, but the rest, like basically the whole back half of the season is in Ba Sing Se. Mm-hmm. Um, coincidentally, uh, Uncle Iroh and... Zuko are also going to Bossing Say. Yeah, it has real uh, Les Miserables vibes in that way. Yes, like Les Coincidences. Everybody of import is all in Bossing Say. <laughs> yeah, very few like important things happen before to them before they get to Bossing Say in the early episodes. Only thing of note I can think of if you didn't watch it and you are somehow following along with these ramblings in any way that gives you a slight glimmer of idea of what is going on. It's really only for the people to watch. So if you didn't, you might want to consider it. Um, is the only thing of note before they get to Bossing say that I can recall is um, the, uh, his sister is still searching for them and the avatar. And his sister is able to Do you remember the sister's name. No, <laughs> Whose sister? Do you remember his name? <laughs> Zuko. Okay. <laughs> Azula is the Azula. sister. I definitely don't remember her two lackeys' names. Yeah. Um, Azula. So Azula's still looking for Zuko and Uncle Iroh. And at one point, it leaves you with a cliffhanger making you think that Uncle Iroh had died when she struck him with lightning mm-hmm. because she is a lightning bender. Apparently, that's a thing. <laughs> Um, she can generate lightning like it's Star Wars from her fingertips. I feel like generating lightning kind of makes a little out of nothing kind of makes a little bit more sense, though, than generating fire out of nothing, to be fair. Why why does it make any sense at all? I I think neither of them makes sense. Because you could, like, scuff your little fire boot across a rug aggressively and get some electricity so they're (laughs) static electrical benders (laughs) (laughs) what is uh, i don't know (laughs) 
if it feels intuitively like it makes a little Maybe. bit like there's electricity everywhere there's electricity in the air you sound like your mom when you said that <laughs> uh yeah that's what they're relying on with their sun thing it's like light photons from the sun get bent into fire <laughs> there you go the <laughs> photon <laughs> they're using the like ultraviolet rays <laughs> anyway so the lightning bender also they get a very important piece of information that they have to take to bossing say with them oh yeah well i was doing the uncle iroh okay sorry s- s- i was just catching up with the zuko and uncle iroh are there okay sorry. And i was gonna circle back around that's okay that's okay um because i forgot to bring azula into it so i was trying to got a rope azula in trying to pull everything up to like the midway point of the season so yeah azula lightnings uncle iroh and it's very sad but he's okay not in real life found that out that's sad yes (laughs) (laughs) um r.i.p mako so uh on their journey to bossing say ang and the gang in the gang which i think is a is a better uh nickname than sako was trying to come up with yeah um ang and the gang meet a archaeologist from bossing say university <laughs> and the archaeologist is looking for a thing they help them find the thing the thing is a library guarded by a giant owl spirit you're really disturbed by that owl yeah well the way that its neck elongated to be like three times the length of its body (laughs) in a way that owls don't have necks that'd be terrifying though if owls like imagine dragon necks all of a sudden barn owl because those things are huge anyway and then like dragon necks out at you yeah imagine the owl coming it's flying over your yard imagine it has some extended into its dragon neck, necks its neck out to grab your chihuahua it's terrifying we got a high guinness from the house he just looked at me <laughs> <laughs> so the owl guards the library and we find out in his sole appearance of the season that that's where zhao came to get his his knowledge of the meteor and uh they use the library's resources to find out that there is also an eclipse coming up mm-hmm. and that much in the same way that for some reason nighttime makes the water benders really bad at or really daytime makes the water benders really bad at water bending, but only when in only battle. Only when under attack. Yeah, that that the solar eclipse will make the fire benders. Guinness. He's a squeaky bender. Uh, we'll make the firebenders really bad at bending also. So the owl don't like that because he feels tricked into letting them use the library. So he tries to kill them. They escape. But while they were under, uh, Toph was staying with Appa. Appa gets stolen and sold into a circus, basically, for a short period of time. And then he kind of drifts around and then he eventually makes his way back to Ba Sing Se, but 
I guess we'll complete that part of the story in just a second. Get to Ba Sing Se. Ba Sing Se really playing up the China vibes with like nobody can talk about the war mm-hmm. going on. There is no war in Ba Sing Se. Um, it's really a government controlled by the like like uh main intelligence guy. Not the king doesn't really have mm-hmm. any yeah. control of the city. Yeah, and, they've got a real like a uh, Dick Cheney and uh, Bush. Yeah, vibe. yeah, yeah. There's there's the much less charismatic, more devious person behind the leader pulling all the strings, and yeah. So they're trying to tell the king about the meteor because that's their best chance as a group of people to take down the Fire Kingdom, um, and trying to find Appa. Uh, oh yeah, there's like a, they, the fire nation was trying to drill through the walls. There's like multiple walls. You get the idea that the outer wall is like a bossing say is like a hundred miles in diameter. Mm-hmm. Like it's a really giant, like within, like within the walls, the outer walls is like their agriculture. Like mm-hmm. it's like farmland. Yeah. <laughs> bossing say is like a, a three rings like an an onion and they keep all the agriculture and poor people far away from the yeah from the city center (laughs) yeah it'd be like if if the city of phoenix like metropolitan Mm -hmm. area 70 plus miles across from like northwest corner to southeast corner if you uh took and put a wall around that you know and then there was one around buckeye too (laughs) way out there yeah (laughs) way out in the outer ring so that was that's kind of the setup um but that really didn't amount to anything didn't really have any long-term implications i don't think um other than they used it to eventually convince the king that there actually is a war going on which the king didn't even know a war was going on so um am i missing anything up to this point i don't think so they basically they find appa uh azula sneaks her way into the city disguised as the warriors with the fans from the first season um they everybody like splits up to go do something towards the very end uh but that basically doesn't matter because it was just a way to get them away from there so that then something can happen to katara so that then they all have to come back. Except for Toph, who gets, that's the thing. She gets stolen by the people that were sent to go get her, put in a metal box, and then she is so good at earth bending that she then bends the metal box and leaves. So now she's a metal bender. We got lightning benders, metal benders, but she can't, she can't make metal from her hands because that would be ridiculous. So the, uh, you can laugh out loud to that. <laughs> You're like trying to withhold your laugh. That, I didn't want to interrupt. That was your... a good joke. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt your summary. <laughs> um. Uh. So I, I feel like the most important thing for like the show as a whole. Uh, in the like final episodes was Zuko deciding to like not be bad anymore and then and listen to his uncle and then 
getting talked by his sister into a real uh, Jamie Lannister moment. Yeah, into <laughs> being bad again. And then they end up fighting like all of them, but Iroh is fighting like with Aang and the gang to try to fight everybody. Mm-hmm. Which again led to more questions about like how are these two one as a master firebender that can shoot electricity and one's a like mediocre at best firebender. The Dai Li were also there. Don't no Dai Li erasure on this podcast. Yeah, but the Dai Li were so powerful that like three teenage girls, two of which have zero magic powers, like all of the Dai Li do, <laughs> can like just take out all of the Dai Li by themselves. <laughs> so let's not pretend that the Dai Li are portrayed as anything but like nuisance. <laughs> so yeah, so Zuko remains bad, probably not forever. We'll see in the third book. And it ends with can't even remember what the last like scene what the what the last like visuals we have what's the last bit of story oh do you want me to answer the question yes do you remember (laughs) well something important happens to ang ang gets electrified by azula while he's entering into the avatar state so that leaving you questions about whether or not that would consequences kill the avatar Mm -hmm. and it's in yeah. existence and Katara is able to bring him back right, to life with that. the magic healing water from the uh, spirit pool in mm-hmm. the north yep oh and bossing say it's like fallen <laughs> and that was the last like gotcha they're flying away on Aang, against the fire nation flying away on appa, appa brought him back to life but the Aang gang lives on to fight another day they do bossing say does not though yeah and Iroh is captured. Yep. Okay. Really, I, I would just watch a show called Iroh, the Tea Maker. Iroh. <laughs> well, we'll get to, to Iroh, the Tea Maker, in a little bit. All right. So that is your Reader's Digest version. Yeah, it was a really long one. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, a Reader's. Uh, I don't know. Where, where does. Regurge. Digest regurge. A reader's regurgitation there. (laughs) All right. So let's revisit uh, some of your predictions for this season. Okay. Um, So you predicted that it would start with a time jump. It did not. It did not. Did not start. For a second, I thought it was going to have like a brief scene and then a time jump, but then it didn't. Nope. No time jump. It was like like immediately after. It just Mm -hmm. picks up seconds after. Yeah. All right. Uh, sort of along with that, you thought he would have already mastered water. So he's he's not like he seems to have it pretty under control. Yeah. They're not calling him like a master, but they yeah. pretty quickly. They're still making him practice water bending along with practicing yeah. earth bending. Which ra- raises questions now. Like at what point again, without any sort of like structure to the rankings, like how do you tell? Like how does he know? If I'm the Avatar and I'm trying to save the world, how do I know I've mastered waterbending? Like, at what point do I go, I have mastered waterbending? And what, not only to my, like, not to, not even to my 
thoughts about my own abilities or or to my my own master's thoughts about my abilities but to measure it to the standards that like allow me to actually be the avatar and defeat the fire nation like that's the important standard to measure to and we have no idea how they measure that standard i feel like you as a 12 year old avatar would be very focused on like but how do i know when i am a master i would be i'd be like you Is know how i know grading I- me <laughs> you know how i know i'm a master airbender I got freaking tattoos. <laughs> Where's my water tattoos? And then he, he could have these he, over the course of the the seasons. If everybody did tattoos, he'd have really cool. Like the avatar has like like air arrow down the center of his head, and then like waves on the side of the arrow. Mm, you want to <laughs> and get then, really like, rocks, into like the full and then like body flames, art. yeah, full <laughs> body art. Uh, break if you are listening to this uh, that is Justin's suggestion for the Netflix revamp <laughs> just more tattoos <laughs> alright um, in the process of mastering Earth so yes he, he did jump in took him a little time to, to find a teacher but he did jump into that process so that was good um, you thought he might start working on fire in this season he did not start working on fire mm-hmm. uh, you thought I, thought, was... I thought things would uh, progress faster, but then again, I forgot. I didn't take into account the like self-imposed time constraint of like, like he's not going to turn thirteen before this comet is here. So like, like the the time mm-hmm. constraint of like there's there's a comet. Yeah, there's and, like, like three we seasons have... before summer. <laughs> <clears throat> right. So, so we got a spend a little more time here um you so you thought it was possible that we'd be leaving season two with him master of all elements we're not quite there yet um you did think that the season would end in tragedy mm-hmm. do was it was it tragic enough for you yeah yeah i mean you haven't seen the second star wars but like that's what i was basing off of like any sort of trilogy i feel like those are the beats that you got to follow you got you got to be like the first one you're setting out and you're uh trying to like explain the characters have fun show off a battle like that's those are the main beats you're trying to do a little bit of stressors on the main characters but like like ultimately it's high notes all the way down you know and then second one like the you know the atsts are marching towards hoth and like you get separated from people. There's lots of separation. Mm-hmm. Appa, like, um, you yeah, might. Yeah, when we were going get over our. Severely injured and barely be alive at mm-hmm. the very end of the. Like, that's that's the those are the beats I'm following here. <laughs> When we were going through um, our predictions for the season, we kind of checked in with you on where where you thought all the members of the Aang gang would be, and we did not talk about Appa at all. Mm-hmm. And Appa had quite the adventure quite the adventure this season did you feel any emotions with the appa arc now that you are uh, a pup father uh yeah yeah i don't (laughs) i don't know if that informed like my emotions in a way that 
otherwise. Yeah, because he's more of a Momo than an Appa. Our pup son. Y- yeah, that and because um, sand people aren't stealing our bisons. Like, it's just, it's not a situation I You're not worried about perceive. sand people stealing baby G? I don't know. What do you think, baby G? He's asleep on my lap right now. <laughs> He's not worried. He's not worried. <laughs> um, let's see what else we got here in these predictions. Um, so you thought we would end with there being sort of a reason to confront for Aang to be confronting the Fire Nation uh, more offensively as opposed to defensively. Um, you thought they would sort of I split think that's up with... Bing the and can or like like th- like the idea of like them needed to go on offense not just waiting to like mm-hmm. make a last stand like that whole concept like boom that was it the the eclipse it's true it gives them a uh, some cover mm-hmm. um Sokka would be leading the normie assault um or is trying to otherwise fight with yeah fire. i think that that's all getting into like third act stuff i think i should have saved those predictions for season book three so you think that's still coming yeah yeah i think those are good guesses but for book three that um that potentially at some point in book three i know we're skipping ahead here um in our like show but that potentially still that there's like some sort of like breaking up now we have four characters either like the like three and then Aang split up at some point in this season to do their own objectives in, in the war, or maybe it splits two and two. We had a little bit of that in certain parts of this season. Um, but I think that that that's a prediction. That's st- <clears throat> it's going to hold. Yeah. That still rings true. Yeah, I think the rest of your predictions are things that we still need to to wait and see. Do Do you want to bring bring them up? What remind me what they what they were? What your other predictions and were? see if I have any addendums to them. Okay. Um, your other predictions were um, so Sokka leading the Normie fight, um, Zuko having a reversal of heart to team up with Aang, and I mean we almost got that in this season. But again, I shouldn't have yeah. guessed that for this season. Let, well, let's let's take a second there. Um, do you think that was that was that satisfying for you? Uh, y- How did you feel about it? I liked Sokka way more as a character in this season than in the first season. Like just Zuko. In, yeah, Zuko. Just well, and and Sokka too. And Sokka but... too. Um, <laughs> but just interest level in Zuko. Um. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. There's just more, a little bit more interest, but there was also a little bit more, even more corny lines too for mm-hmm. Zuko. Um, like really, really tropey. Like, uh, I mean, I can't even think of. There was one line that I like. I rolled you hard. Can't remember what it was mm, though. I can't remember either. Something along the lines of like. I can't go back. Like, I 
I don't know. Oh, was it when he was trying to, when Uncle Iroh is trying to teach him how to like direct lightning and he's like, strike me. Maybe. <laughs> it's never stopped yeah. me before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's being angsty on the uh, mountain On the mountain with the lightning. Yeah. I think was... you felt a little bit more, uh, you seem to relate to Zuko a little bit more this season. I seem to relate to Zuko more. Yeah. You were like, this was my childhood being bullied by my younger sister <laughs> you get a little yeah, bit of that, a, that, that that part was funny of flashbacks of zuko as a child being bullied by a, a young azula uh-huh. <laughs> baby j was like this is me with my legos that's true <laughs> different ages than azula and zuko but to the same effect <laughs> um yeah no how I th- old were you when <clears throat> ashley was tearing up your legos let's see she's three years younger than me so she was probably like two and I was like five. <laughs> that makes it even more hilarious that you were letting a two-year-old bully you. I know. <laughs> That's the whole point. In my mind, I was picturing it much closer to Zuka and Azulo. Maybe Azulos. she was three, Zuka but and Azulo. she was like a roly-poly toddler just coming down the hall to destroy my things. And I, I just wanted to be like in my room playing with my Legos. <laughs> No, not a, a five-year-old and a two-year-old. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, Ashley, what what did you think about Zuko's backstory? We did get a lot of Zuko backstory this season. Um, I liked it. I think, and I'll, I'll be interested to see in the live action. I think there is a little bit of like retconning giving maybe retconning is not even the right term for it but just giving like like zuko in the first season particularly feels very like bad bad guy in a kid's cartoon Mm -hmm. or like the bet the evil kid in the kid's cartoon you know Mm -hmm. um like like i'm trying to think of even what like a good cartoon example of this is I don't know. Did Dexter's lab have like a evil Dexter counterpart? I don't know. I Can't didn't remember. watch very many cartoons. But it'd be it'd be something like that. Like it had like a very like cartoonistic, cartoony like mm-hmm. vibe to it. Where it's like the only reason this person is like bad is to like like draw contrast to mm-hmm. the good guy you know like it they had that kind of vibe to it like he's bad because he has to be bad even though you could see the seeds being planted from the beginning of like him having some sort of reversal um which i still think is probably in the cards to some degree um so i think i think uh I think there was a lot, maybe lampshading's the better word for it, of like taking like the way the character was written in the first season mm-hmm. and then using revelation about his backstory to give hit, give more weight to the mm-hmm. reason he was the way he was in the first season instead of maybe writing him. Like if you had fully had that story mm-hmm. explained, at, at least in your mind from the beginning when writing that character and wrote the character without giving that information wrote the character of Zuko like with the better parts of like him being evil 
in season two in the early part and use that as your character basis for season one. I think that's a more interesting character. How so? Do, do you get what I'm saying? I'm not sure what you're referring to exactly. Cause I, I do think they like had all the, like it was extrapolated on more fully, but I think everything was already so, there. I think he is written better in the, it, in the like, second season. Cause it, than the it's first just season. about honor in a way that only makes sense in like a kid's cartoon. Mm -hmm. Like, like it's, I've got to restore my honor. I've got to mm -hmm. like I'm I've brought shame and I'm banished. Like mm -hmm. just these vague like yeah. decrees and declarations placed yeah. upon you that you're like it's very written for like a mm -hmm. young angsty kid to like relate to, which is fine. That's what the show is. Uh -huh. Um where like I guess I'm tr I, I am struggling, I guess, to figure out what what exactly you write differently about him. Like, I don't know, the, just like it, it feels like season one Zuko is so. Do you think of it? It's more of a. I feel like it's more of a like writing the dialogue issue than having his like backstory plotted out. Cause they do show like the part where he's like trying to impress his dad at the like war sure. meeting. And then his dad burns off half his face. <laughs> right. But, but I think what I'm, yeah. And it is, it is dialogue driven. Di like dialogue is, is all of it. It's all dialogue. Um, like I think the, like the backstory that you get in season one is fine, but like the unpacking that you get in mm -hmm. season two is is much more significant and interesting, um, especially with his mm -hmm. mom. Like that's way yes. more interesting. I love the fire family. Uh, yeah, that's way more interesting, and and his mom, I guess, being murdered by his dad. You don't really know. I don't. I don't know if you ever find out, but, um, like I feel like that. Uh, uh yeah like like yeah would you have rather gotten more of that part of the backstory earlier no, no i don't think it's a backstory issue i do think it's a writing issue of of just like the the angstiness mm -hmm. in season one and even in some parts of season two uh now feels a little corny mm -hmm. feels a little uh uh how embarrassing yeah <laughs> you know like uh -huh. you feel embarrassed watching you're like uh um where when when he has more depth all of a mm -hmm. sudden all of his dialogue doesn't sound like that mm -hmm. and like i think that the the problem that i feel when i experience that is like so the character changes because i have more information mm -hmm. like you should be writing his mm -hmm. dialogue like I already had that information mm, and gotcha. then I received that information. Okay. That's, that's the, that's, that's what I'm trying to okay. get, get, gotcha. get across is like, like he's still that, that character, like with, but with that backstory, it seems like they wrote it without having all of that stuff fleshed out. And mm -hmm. once they did, they were like, Oh, this is how he would respond and react and talk and mm -hmm. think and do stuff. And, um, and yeah, it just seems like even the cringiest parts in season two, feel way less cringy mm -hmm. than in season one. Yeah. I, I think it's helpful to 
for that character in this season that at least for like a little bit his objective of like finding the avatar mm-hmm. is gone for a little bit um and it gives him a little bit more space for that character and the uncle iroh character to mm-hmm. have a little bit more um just sort of like development moments instead of always chasing that objective um i think that breathing room was good for the character mm-hmm. and you see just uncle iroh so sweet just wants to be the greatest tea maker in <laughs> bossing say i should have asked who who played uncle iroh in the live action movie i don't know was it memorable at all i can't even like that's too bad i don't even have a picture that character like a mental image do you think that had there been a second movie he would have opened a tea shop no you think that would have just because been completely erased cut out everything (laughs) (laughs) and like such a a sweet like commentary like all of bossing says other issues as a nation Mm -hmm. it is a place though where all these refugees are Are allowed to just flooding into and the they're like hey we'll we'll fund your (laughs) t-shop like Mm-hmm. gotta give props to blessing say they have a pretty good like resettlement program yeah i guess if you have people daily knocking on your doors being displaced by war but your policy internally is what war there is no war then you have to re- <laughs> you have to find something to for the re- refugees to do <laughs> right you have to really keep the refugees happy to keep them from talking about the war that displaced them and put them there in the first place <laughs> Oh, that's good. So, I, yeah, no, I, I, I think I, we should adopt some of Bossing Say's policies. Like, if you yeah. want to come here and open a tea shop, I'm down. I'm down. Uh, I would love a good little tea shop. Um, yeah, I. So anyway, I think that yeah, Zuko, the writing for Zuko got better, and, and like, it definitely. Uh, I think the. And maybe, and, and honestly, a lot of this could be just reaction to the first season, as like maybe maybe they were working with the network creating the first season, and the network in going back and forth, it's like what's the expected audience age range? Mm-hmm. And they're like expected audience age range is ten to twelve, so that's why Aang is like a twelve year old. And then they get back the ratings after the season and they're like, oh, the people that are watching this are 12 to 15. Like it's a, Mm -hmm. it's a slightly older Older. audience. And so, so that almost certainly necessitates some Mm -hmm. changes going into the second season. And, and it did lose a lot of, it didn't lose its whimsy, but it lost a lot of the, uh, like every single episode in in the first season for the most part just has a, uh, many things that are like very cartoon mm-hmm. Saturday morning cartoons. It didn't have any Saturday morning cartoons mm-hmm. feels in this season. Like it definitely, there's a noticeable drop off of that. So just some baby J thoughts. <laughs> All right. So I guess that gets, uh, that wraps up, um, our predictions we did have um some listener uh feedback that they would like us to go back to some of your predictions uh from book one that we mm. forgot about by the time 
we uh got around to actually finishing book one Mm -hmm. and that was uh this is listener valerie shout out to listener valerie um and she would like you to revise or if you if you think so but revisit your uh predictions on the harry potter house alignments of the nation can you remind me what my alignments were because i i know that for sure there are going to be revisions and I, I know already what they are, but, <laughs> okay. uh, but I can't remember exactly what my predictions were. All right. Your initial predictions was that you thought air would be like Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. Uh, fire would be like Slytherin. Water would be like Ravenclaw and earth would be like Hufflepuff. Okay. So the only revision is swapping earth and and uh air yes we agree with you <laughs> the, that, that's what you that, guys thought that's too. what we thought were yeah. the uh a correct alignment so yep. actually pretty close pretty close 50 like 50 yep. <laughs> i was i couldn't remember what i did with the ravenclaw uh-huh. and hufflepuff uh but i was like okay so clearly mm-hmm. air hufflepuff ravenclaw water gryffindor like little meat-headed but trying to help yeah <laughs> uh like tough tough's good she's like, totally a gryffindor yeah, yeah yeah brave uh stubborn and then yeah zuko's definitely a slytherin yeah yeah, yeah if, you, if you just take those they fit pretty well yeah. into the <laughs> yeah definitely into the category although sokka's probably gryffindory too yeah although I, I would agree yeah yeah he's more gryffindory i think so, so. i i would agree He's also though a little less connected to his like watery. That's true. He's, he's not a water he's not a bender. bender. <laughs> yeah, he's just an. He's just a dude born in the South Pole. Did you feel? Uh, how about your kinship to Sokka? Where, where did you land with this? You you were feeling Sokka at the end of book one. How are you feeling? About I Sokka mean, now? I liked him more than at the start of book one. You keep you you really want me to identify I with feel Sokka? Like you are Sokka. I feel like you're such a Sokka. So. I I'm left between like I can't I'm basically my only favorite character but actually my two favorite characters are Iroh and Toph. So uh you think you're more an Iroh than a Sokka? I don't know, that's for you to decide. <laughs> He's but, a Sokka listeners. <laughs> but in watching the show every episode it feels like I get at least one good eye roll like that was a corny writing thing from both Sokka and Zuko. <laughs> so it's hard to write 16 year old boys. They're tricky, tricky things. <laughs> it's true. What were you saying as a 16 year old boy? What was your catchphrase as a 16 year old boy? Uh, I don't think real people have catchphrases. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and the other um, prediction you had from season one that it was requested we go back to is you didn't think that monks could have love. They Aang haven't. Ang is, is very interested in the love. Yeah, they they haven't really delved into um, specifically wondering about the airbender, like familial mm-hmm. setup, because like it seems more traditional in the three other kingdoms. In the airbenders, there's a lot of like children and gurus and not a lot of in between. And it's like, are the, is everybody airbenders and everybody like children raised by gurus or? So something that's not, 
I don't know if it's ever explained in some sort of like outside canon material, but the temples are single gender. So Interesting. The like west the i think it's the western temple that they go to or no maybe it's like the southern temple that they go to first where like anger up i don't know if you've noticed in all the flashbacks but everybody's a man Mm -hmm. and then when they go to the eastern temple and this all the like statues are like the women airbenders oh i I didn't notice that so the temples are single so they do raise them like separated by gender but i've always wondered units i don't think so like so they're like born and dropped off into the temple one like we are just all Tibetan monks, but yeah. I'm always wondering, like, what, like, do they just so, have a party? So every... maybe Aang is going against the grain of the normal. Uh, <laughs> he's got his eye on a waterbender. Got his eye on a waterbender. <laughs> Wants to bend some water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So those were your your predictions we had to go back to. But while we're on the topic of monks in love, I, I think you've seen enough at this point. Um, so as I'm sure you know, the, the ships are a matter of great contention in the fandom of Avatar The Last Airbender. So at this point, do you have a ship that you are team on the team of? Is there competing ships? Oh, there is very competing ships. Like at this point in the story? Like season two, people would be like... I don't know because I wasn't on I I wasn't on board when it was airing. I I watched I'm just this saying there's years later, but there's very little besides like the one off like like jet episode, mm-hmm. which we didn't even talk about him and coming back up of like Katara being interested in him or mm-hmm. like Moon Girl that Sokka was you into. Are... And like she's like dead and gone uh-huh. now. Or whatever her the fan lady was named that's like maybe dead and gone now. Who knows? Because uh, Azula was fighting her, uh-huh. and then we'd never hear or see from her again this season. Um, so, like those are the only like offshoots besides Aang and Katara that we've had anything mm-hmm. from the actual source material like hinting towards. So as they're like. A lot of extracurricular, well, like a lot was read into Katara considering using her magic North Pole water on Zuko's deformed face. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they there was a little bit there where like maybe they were set, but like I don't know. They 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 need they need to write themselves a lot for like katara to be like okay so you're what you're saying is that you are not a zutara shipper you're not on board that's for the that. thing a zutara shipper <laughs> zutara versus katang is hotly contended katang oh, those are terrible <laughs> names but um yeah no like i mean like i don't feel like i super have a horse in the race like <laughs> But but like I we'll could see when we get to Korra if I, you get some horses in the race. Yeah, I, I could see um like as far as predictions go, these aren't mm-hmm. predictions, but I could see Aang dying in the last season mm-hmm. and Katara being with Zutara. <laughs> um <laughs> You heard it here first. This is his prediction. Aang dies, <laughs> Zutara lives. <laughs> uh 
But I could also see the opposite. I could see Zuko dying as a bad guy. I could see Zuko dying, sacrificing himself in some mm-hmm. way for the cause and taking down his dad for murdering his mom. Uh, and Katang living, I could see it being ambiguous uh, because they're children. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, like it feels weird to like ship 12 year olds banging 14 year olds, but, um, maybe the 14 and 16 year olds a little bit on the less weird, but like, man, it's still weird. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. So those are my thoughts. So he's not ready to declare like, like a ship allegiance yet. Like if I had to guess, uh, there's a 50% chance that there's no, there's nothing other than like still like young kid love, mm-hmm. maybe reciprocal of just like, by the end of season three, they've both kind of been like, I love you. I love you too. <laughs> but like, but like then like it's kind of left ambiguous and mm-hmm. we assume they lived a happy, happy, happy life together or Aang dies like 50% chance of like them, like explicitly uh-huh. both saying, because there has been Aang like multiple times being like, Tara, I got to tell you something. And then Sokka being like, I got a boomerang because those are the type of lines that Sokka gets. Um, no love for the boomerang. Uh, and then, <laughs> uh, so 50% chance of like mutually shared affection, shared verbally, probably in a moment of stress between one another. And then like nothing like really like romantically like shown on screen uh then i would say like uh 25 percent chance of like a flash forward to like them Mm -hmm. like at the very very end like a harry potter style (laughs) albus come on you're gonna be late for the train potter style mm-hmm. iro gyatsu now se- guru now severus <laughs> you, you were, gotta do with, with you you hella were, things you gotta the, say now gyatsu iro what else is a, a name <laughs> master Zhao. <Baku>. Zhao. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why they would name him after Zhao. you were named after what is the thing in harry potter you're named after is it two of the greatest wizards or yeah you were named after two of the greatest benders I ever knew. Iron Admiral Jack. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that that, uh, so like 25% chance of that. And then like another, maybe 15% chance of like her and Zuko professing feelings for one another. And then, like, do you think that would require him to have a reversal? And then, like, a, do you think there's a chance that Katara goes to the dark side in a no? In a Zutara? It, would re- it would require <laughs> it would require a reversal. I don't doubt there's fanfics where there was no reversal, <laughs> um, and she goes to the dark side. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that exists out there. And then I would say, like, uh, 
uh, 10% catch all for the rest. Mm, okay. Rest of the options. So. All right. But for the, the Iro the, and that, uh, bounty hunter lady. No, <laughs> like, season one. like maybe 10, like 10% chance that like season three, like, uh, like flashes forward and she's married to somebody else and it shows you she didn't end up with either of these people or, or 10% that like, they literally do not touch romance at all in the third season, just completely dropped. So, because monks can't have love. Or ten percent, she ends up with Toph. Is that a whole other <laughs> ship? That's. I mean, <laughs> we'll get into it later. <laughs> Although Toph and and Sokka, that's the that's there's a po- little bit of possibility there. Hmm. So I mean, saying, weird age difference again. Are you again. saying that you are Team Taka? Is that a thing? There's one ship that I am on board with. Actually, okay, there's there's another ship that I'm on board with, but I can't spoil it. But Taka, I am on board. Only only after seeing Korra, though. Only after seeing Korra? Yeah. Curious. Leaving okay. this, didn't care about it, but in Korra seeing those flashbacks i was like taka taka lives uh the only reason i said that is because there's the one moment where uh what's her face is saving Toph from the water and she's like oh Sokka, you saved me and that's, that's and then it. suki's like uh, suki that's her name me <laughs> yeah she's like you can let me drown now <laughs> yeah so Right, Other right. than that, I've seen absolutely <laughs> nothing to make me think that that's a thing. Because <laughs> you haven't seen Corey yet. That's why. I'm very curious you saying that because the little bit that I know about Korra is that Korra is the next Avatar. And now I'm curious if Sokka and Toph are in Korra, then Aang is dead. Did you just spoil that? <laughs> I mean, you knew Aang had to be dead for Korra to exist. I didn't know it took place, imme- like, time-wise. I, it could have been a thousand years later. I guess that's fair. <laughs> so I didn't know that they were in it. <laughs> Are they in it? I, I don't know. What do you want me to... I don't know. <laughs> do you want me to... Spoil? No, no. Okay. You heard that I here, mean- <laughs> listeners. I, there, I, I, I'm able to put together the puzzle pieces just like Sokka. There, <laughs> there are some flashback scenes. You don't in... don't spoil it. Leave this, it. Just this, you this gotta leave it. Spoiling. This is a spoiling. This is just an... the more you explain, the the more the less possibilities there are. That's fair. So like right now, the cat is both dead and alive inside the box. <laughs> By you eliminating one of the options, I can surmise what the truth is. <laughs> All right, let's move on, move on to our next segment, which is what did you like about this season and what issues did you have with this season? Uh, I liked its representation of like earthbending. And I think they're, as the show goes on, they they do a really good job of finding more and more interesting ways to earth bend and water bend and air bend. Mm-hmm. Uh, fire bending continues with... to be completely boring. Um, <laughs> Just except for the, the only thing that they can do is add lightning to, 
to it for some inexplicable reason. Um, <laughs> I woke up, baby G. <laughs> Uh, I really love not to like put words in your mouth of when you say you love the representation, but I love the representation of which I guess I don't have like a vast knowledge of other children shows to be comparing mm-hmm. it to, but I I feel like it's really great rep- representation of like I can't I feel like whenever representation of like a character with a disability is brought into like a children's show it's like a one-off episode where this character is introduced mm. and the other kids have to like befriend them mm-hmm. and i just love that a character with a disability is like part of the main cast and yeah. i feel like if i was a kid with a disability that would really like mean something to me that somebody yeah. like me got to be part of the main the main cast they weren't just an offshoot character yeah and i like that um i did yeah like toth very quickly becomes a character that i feel like you really like and uh i liked that just because she's blind one it didn't feel written in to as like a token disability character yeah exactly (laughs) it doesn't feel token at all because there's like real benefits story-wise mm-hmm. yeah it gives some it gives like creative justification mm-hmm. to her abilities as an right. earthbender um because she's so good at it that like because like it's her only way to see because mm-hmm. she's blind um so yeah i did she's like daredevil like <laughs> i did like that that like um and then, like, I like that she's neither to be pitied, nor, like, do they ignore, like, the limitations of her abilities. Yes, that's one thing that I always love, too, that, like you said, like, she's not represented with pity, but they don't act like she can do anything. Like, they're very consistent about what her skill set is, but they still, like, throw in, like, the little things of, like, when they drop the belt on right. her they like, like they forget that they she like can. throw something to her uh-huh. <laughs> and she's like oh <laughs> it's like um, little bits of comedic relief or, or like when, it consistent or even when she's like bending in like a battle like if something leaves the ground she all of a sudden gets really confused and like can't mm-hmm. because the, she's tied to the, the ability to see mm-hmm. through the ground yeah and so when things aren't on the ground she is very limited in how she can help. Yeah, um, I, I like, like, the little bit. It's just, like, a little throwaway line, though, about her not really liking riding around on Appa for so much of their traveling. Yeah. Because then she's actually blind. Right, she can't see anything. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I did like that. Uh, I, I liked camping out and bossing safe for a while. I thought mm-hmm. that was fun because because you get to explore a little bit more of those human stories, um, and just like uh, yeah yeah like like just like the people on the ground living in this mm-hmm. city. Iron is tea shop. Iron is tea <laughs> shop. Yeah, stuff like that. I thought it was fun. What else did I like? I also really like in this second season. Um, the way they find out about the eclipse is that big uh, planetarium yeah. thing in the library. I really like the visual of that 
big like thing that they have to turn the day and then like pull the the crank and like you see the things like shifting yeah definitely now what didn't i like i think what didn't work for you i think i mainly hit on the things already with like the lightning um and just the continued like overpoweredness of like like again, Azula and her two her other gang. teenage girls uh-huh. that don't. Again, I cannot stress this enough. In a world with magical abilities, these two normal teenage girls can take down literally <laughs> a small battalion of magical ability people <laughs> that can like lift Earth and throw Earth and clap Earth and ball earth like they can do uh-huh. anything magic wise to manipulate earth and like a dozen of mm-hmm. them were running out towards the drill and like just the two of them without magical abilities take out all of them because they're so good at flips and throwing things like <laughs> like stuff like that it, it just uh mm-hmm. From, like, a script doctor standpoint, would you have preferred that her gang was... I I won't use the phrase gang because that's reserved for the Aang gang. That her little lackeys were magical? Or would you have preferred her to just not have lackeys? What would have been your your Uh, script doctor preference? I say not have lackeys and just double down on, like, her abilities. Um, Yeah. Like yeah. just other nameless yeah, Fire Nation minions. Because the lackeys feel like they're only there to... Give her someone to interact with? To give so- her someone to interact with a little bit, but m- more to give, like, Sokka somebody to fight. Aww. <laughs> like, that's what it feels like. Like, they're, they exist <laughs> in the world so that, like, when Azula is fighting Aang... Sokka and Katara can fight somebody too. <laughs> you think they needed a, a softball to to throw at Sokka? Not even a, not even just a softball. They need like something for those characters to do uh-huh. while fighting is happening. That's fair. Because that's always how it is. Like those two mm-hmm. break up from Azula, and Azula and Ang fight, and all the other characters fight those other two. Mm-hmm. And again, one is a master waterbender. One is a master earthbender and one is just a teenage boy and then two against just two teenage girls and somehow being a master waterbender and earthbender basically is the same as being able to be a gymnast that throws things. (laughs) The gymnast doesn't throw things, to be fair. I know. I was just morphing them together into one. (laughs) They're basically the same. Yeah. Except one's moody and one's happy. It's true. That is the difference. Yes, that is. That's the only difference. <laughs> happy evil g- gymnast versus moody evil thrower. Mm-hmm, basically. <laughs> yep. They do. And then the okay. So this is the other thing that always gets me about like cartoons, um, especially when they have really actually like storylines like about genocide where you're already going gritty like Mm -hmm. you're already touching on heavy things but then like you have this master thrower or the same thing with 
justified a little bit um, in not wanting to kill the Avatar, but the master arrow shooters, mm-hmm. right? So you have these master wielder of weapons. And you, I feel like you see this in like Batman and stuff too, where um, if she's so good, like she's so good that they show off her abilities by having her throw a whole bunch of them real fast and like pin somebody uh-huh. <laughs> against like a tree. And they're like pinned against the tree and they can't move their arms at all because the blades are so expertly placed around their arms that they can't physically move. Um, she should just like throw she one into their them. chest. Yeah, exactly. Like one blade into the chest, problem solved. Mm-hmm. Like never have to bat- battle these people again. But instead, they always preserve the other person's life with their expertise mm-hmm. to prevent killing them so that they can fight them again in a couple of episodes. Like like uh-huh. that 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 is a little bit of a Sunday Saturday morning cartoon feel. Yeah, there's I forget what this there's I can't remember if this was in like an interview with the creators or if this was in um the like book they made about the the like making of the series um but the uh but the creators do touch on that like when they were sort of thinking about this story like the bending was intentionally a way that you can get like con like fight scenes in a kid show without like mm-hmm. person on person violence mm-hmm. um stuff that uh-huh. children can't replicate yeah <laughs> but which brings me to the again the netflix reboot can we just get a knife to the chest in the netflix reboot well that's what i'm hoping so not specifically with the the thrower but like with with everything that it will be like <laughs> more on the stranger things kids scale yeah than... <laughs> like 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 azula in in that or zuko in that like when they're fighting like they're going for like murder they don't mm-hmm. care if they kill Sokka or katara like mm-hmm. and and they only half care if they kill the avatar just because they know the avatar will be born again as a baby somewhere in the world. So like they gotta it's worry about to that track baby. Down a baby than yeah, a they've gotta like keep their eyes open for a baby. But that guess seems- what? We own the whole world now. <laughs> that seems like that could be a, the strategy because if you like killed Aang, you could just go to the water you're tribes. Al- and- you're already like occupying half the right. world. Just go occupy that and wait for wait for that baby to be born. What's that baby gonna do? Oh my goodness, that's adorable. What are you doing? Guinness is going full dancing platypus <laughs> bear like, over ah. here. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I definitely hope that we get some more. I want some more blood in the in the Netflix reboot. I think as as part of our uh, finale episode of these special Avatar Corona episodes, I think we need to come up with a uh, a wish list. Yes, a Netflix reboot wish list of what we want. Yeah. And on the I first thing on idea. that list is blood. Uh that's second on my list. Death. Because the the fire manipulation <laughs> thing is really is really high up there. <laughs> All right, we'll write it down. Fire manipulation, blood and death. Mm-hmm. Next. All right. Well, do you have anything else before we wrap up? Uh just Iro's the best. So can't can't disagree with that. Yeah. Iro Iro is it's really something. 
That old tea drinking man. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for another Corona Sode. We will be back again for book three, the last one, Fire. And if you have any other follow-up about the this episode, uh, stuff we need to clarify or talk more about about book two, please let us know either on social media or by directly texting Katie. Yeah, tell us who <laughs> tell us who your ships are. Uh, we want to hear it. Who do you ship Momo with? Hopefully another lemur thing. <laughs> <laughs> Side note on Momo, um, Justin is very uh, grateful to Momo because I am. it's it's undone some of the uh, trauma, some of the <laughs> some of the social media Momo trauma. Now when I say Momo, he doesn't picture the creepy face he pictures. I, wa- I want to remind lemur. you, like this isn't social media trauma that like I came upon. I did not know anything about Momo until you're like, do you know what Momo is? Here, look. (laughs) And I do occasionally do a Momo face. You do. (laughs) Do you want me to do it right now? Sure. I can't do it right now. I got to get in the the headspace. Well, then why'd you (laughs) offer to do it? Because I thought you would say no. Because you're too traumatized. I was going to do it for the pod. (laughs) Okay, I can try. All right. Let me take my glasses off. Oh, no. Get the hair. Oh, no. Is it working? You lo- th- <laughs> Thankfully, you're laughing, and so it's ruining it. But yeah, it was good. It's scary. It's like, it's like. Remember when the ring came out? Oh, and people would put it in like videos on YouTube all the time. Yeah, and like I don't, I never saw the ring, but like I had people like probably immediately after it came out was like kids that had gone to see it with their parents. Mm-hmm. Um. Or was that was it on was it on DVD? Was it straight to DVD? I can't remember. Anyway, no, it was the theatrical release. But kids that would like come to school the next day and tell it to you, like retell the st- the story of the ring to you as mm-hmm. if it was like an actual thing. Mm-hmm. They're like like, and then the phone rang. She answered it, and she had twenty four hours. I can't remember the uh-huh. exact plot of the movie. And he was like, oh, dang, like that's and then and then, uh, yeah. So you then you like grow up seeing like all the visuals of the ring mm-hmm. and like the older you get and the further away from it that you get, the more you're like. And maybe it's just seeing whatever scary movie had the ring in it as a like teenager. Did you, did you ever watch the scary movies where they're parodying oh, horror okay. movies uh-huh. like the Wayans Brothers? So, um, yeah, whichever scary movie has the ring in it, maybe that was part of the breaking of it. But like now years removed, like, like there's no trauma. The ring image holds no power over you. Like if I see like a girl with wet black hair climbing out of a television, I'm like, eh. Like I thought you were going to say it. Like I've been there. I was like, you see that all the time. (laughs) That's true. Uh, like I've been there and then, uh, but then if, uh, and I'm sure it'd be completely different if I was watching the movie, which I still have never seen and don't plan to because I don't like scary movies. But like, uh, I feel like as an adult, the Momo image <laughs> is every bit as scary as what it felt like as a child. 
seeing the ring image. Was that was that explanation worth the it was. the it journey? Was. It it really brought something back. Like it, it takes you back to when you are a twelve year old in like the early days of viral videos. Mm-hmm. You're watching a viral video, and all of a sudden it switches to the image of the ring, and it screams in your face. Mm-hmm. Really takes it's you true. back to that moment. That's what moment is. But now we can think about an adorable lemur. Yep. Instead. That's my preference. <laughs> Lemurs over social media demons. <laughs> Always. <laughs> uh. All right. Yeah. So if you want to join in for book three, Fire, uh, be sure to stay tuned in your favorite podcatcher. We are on all the podcatching platforms, basically. So find us wherever you would like, and we'll be back. Thank you for listening. And good night. That's what you do. That's what I do? Mm-hmm. What do I do? <laughs> when do I do that? <laughs> like once every time we're recording. It's only when we're recording. It's when you're it's when you're in, in character as recording Katie. <laughs> recording Katie does a lot of does finger a lot of guns. finger guns. <laughs> uh, Didn't realize that. I'm gonna put those at the end of the podcast. <laughs>